Welcome, everybody, to the third episode of Call It In The Ring. My name is Jordan, and I'm joined here with my buddy, Ed. How you doing tonight, pal? Oh, I'm, I'm all right, brother. You know, I'm uh, pretty excited. I watched uh, the Browns kiss their sister on Sunday, uh, tied with the Steelers, so that, uh, was better. that might as well be our Super Bowl win, so I was, I was okay with that. Uh, but I just got my I uh, got my whiskey and my uh, my soda here, ready to uh, ready to uh, talk about some some wrestling, some good old fashioned wrestling. Got to talk about some good old fashioned wrestling. Wrestling. That's why everybody is here for episode three. And since you downloaded this episode, you know that we are talking about the te- top ten greatest factions of all time, and uh, we have a list that the WWE has recently released. And uh, Ed and I totally disagreed with this list. Um, a little behind the scenes here for the fans. Uh, Ed and I already had a show planned, ready to go uh, for this recording. Uh, but then Ed uh, texted me this list from WWE.com. And uh, he was like, this is bullshit. And I said, I totally agree. And uh, Ed was like, you know what? We're going to have to uh, we're gonna have to change the show up. And I totally agreed because this may be the fight. We've been hinting that there's fights. This may be the fight. We have to wait and see. <laughs> we, based upon similar text discussions and conversations we've had, I, I think, and I want you know, fans. I want you know, fans in the in the in the movie guys verse. I want you guys to you know to at us on Twitter, you know, with your answers. But we know we're gonna have a, at least a brisk discussion about our number one and two. And I think our number one and two will be the same but in a different order mm. and uh you know I, I i can't wait for us to get there because i i've got a gatling gun ready for you oh oh oh, oh gatling gun well i got a fucking nuclear bomb just ready to destroy you because in preparing for the show when i get off of work today i watched the uh factions list here and uh yeah we'll get into that later on here uh tonight we'll go through the list but what we're gonna do is we're gonna read I'm going to read the WWE's idea or their opinion of what they feel the best factions are of all time, 10 through 1. And then Ed and I will discuss what our number 10 is, number 9, so on and so forth until we get to our top ones. And as the list goes on, the heated discussion goes on. So you're not going to want to turn off this episode. We know what's going to happen. We know each other very well. So this is going to be something interesting. Um, but before we get into that though, uh, we've been, uh, we've been checking out the downloads and everything from our Podbean site and from Spotify and everything. And you guys are really liking the game episode and we were so happy to give it to you guys. And thank you everybody out there in the movie guys verse and also in the call in the ring verse for uh, downloading a rip soap of Kane. Thank you so much for all the downloads. We appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm glad you, you, you just coined the phrase I, I was thinking about using at one point, but we'll go ahead and go with it. Uh, the, the call to the ring verse, you know, I'm cool with that. You know, I'm, I'm pretty excited that uh, we actually, and we did this as a thing because you and I, and we've talked about this before. This is a show that sort of basically was inevitable. You know, mm-hmm. Jordan and I have been doing podcasts for a long time and we're both big, big, big pro wrestling fans. It kind of sort of got out of the game for a little while, but really sort of got back into it. Um, me a little bit earlier than Jordan, but at the same time, you know, we would have, hour-long discussions on the phone and it sort of came to us I guess at the at the kind of the same moment you were the one that brought it up to me and it was something that I had kind of sort of thought about it's like 
if we have all these thoughts and opinions and we know that people luckily we're, we're, we're you know we're lucky enough to where people like what we talk about with movies let's just sort of, sort of share our opinions and thoughts on, on 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 the things that we talk about with pro wrestling and like the bullshit and the awesomeness and the, you know all the you know everything there is to love about pro wrestling let's just share it with the fans you know and see what the people have so people have to say and so far we thank you guys so much it's, we haven't done that many episodes but you guys are downloaded it downloaded and streamed it in droves and, and you know we're pretty 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 thankful for all y'all so which is means which means that if we keep going the way we're going we're gonna have to get together and do a live episode recording of us together at a raw or smackdown i mean we just have to do that <laughs> uh, well, i mean know, i'm i'm cool with that I, i'm cool with that i'm gonna have to do that um i don't but, know if this would be cool with that but i'm cool with it <laughs> <laughs> well we're not gonna video but uh also, we are recording so you ever so so all the fans out there in the call in the ring verse, so you know we were recording this on the Tuesday before Sunday when Hell in the Cell comes out. We just got a huge announcement that Mick Foley has now come back and he will be the referee for the Braun Strowman Roman Reigns Universal Title match in Hell in the Cell. So I'm really glad that Mick Foley is coming back to referee that. That's always fun when he's there. That gives me more of an interest to watch. So without further ado, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to. I'm not gonna. Yeah, we'll, we can talk about that in a later date. Yeah, talk about it later. But no, it's 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 really cool that he's back, uh, just for this yeah. one night. That's fun. Sure. It's nice. So okay, so now here is our top ten list. Now this is the top ten list, ten through one, uh, considered the ten best factions of all time according to WWE.com. So we'll get into it right now. Here, number ten is Undisputed Era. Never heard of those guys. Well, they're they're an NXT uh, stable. Uh, I mean, they're they're nobodies. I mean, they're they're uh, they're a few guys. Like they they've been around for about a year. Um, they're nothing special, in my personal opinion. Now we're going to get eaten alive because there are some fans, especially old fans of ECW, who just love NXT. And I think that you get the best wrestling there that the WWE has to offer, in my personal opinion. But with that being said, they're trying to create and push this bullshit down our throat. And, and the Undisputed Era, they've got they've got the tag champs. I don't think they've had anything else. Um, oh, I, I don't remember them. I don't know them that well. Yeah, there's I don't a couple know. of guys. I got. I don't know them that well to even really. And that's that's kind of the point. That's this is one of the reasons why like I was actually really furious at this list because they they're calling this the top 10 and we'll get into it in, in detail, but like they're saying this is the number 10 faction of all time. Right. Yeah. But they make no mention of the Wyatt family. Um, you know, like I'm not even saying the Wyatt's are in my top 10, but they're fucking above the undisputed era. Right. I, I mean, mean, I don't, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 even uh, if that, even if, even if the wives are number 20 of all time, they're fucking, you know, they're above these guys. Right. Well, well, they're also above these guys who I've never even heard of. Now I don't have to, I hope in future episodes, I don't have to continue to go down the path to let fans know where I stand. I am 31 years old. I was born in 87. I did not get into wrestling until 1997. 
and we did not have the network or YouTube or Google, or even if you want to go back to 97 speak, the net, internet, to really look up history. So I don't know at all these guys. They're not uh, these uh, uh, number nine in this list. Um, I They're not advertising the network. I don't know anything about them. Uh, but number nine is called the Freebirds. I've never heard of these guys. Really? Nothing on these guys. Did you guys WWF or were they WCW back in the day? Um, well, they were technically they were they were technically all of the above. Okay, um, they were they were like they were like they were WCW because it was mid south. Okay. Okay. Um, and these guys would they had a they had a brief run in in what was the WWF in the eighties. Okay. But they were mostly a WCW promotion. So at least it's nice of them to, to, to bring them in there. Now, the reason they're called the Freebirds on this list. Yeah. Is they're actually the fabulous Freebirds. Okay. All right. Um, the number one name you'll recognize from the list is in, in the stables, Michael Hayes. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Uh, but uh, they had, but I think uh, Terry uh, Terry Gordy was in there. Um, Terry Gordy uh, was one of those like great, great wrestlers from from the eighties, seventies, and eighties. And uh, he 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 went into uh, he was nw he was the nwa world champion he was uh jim crockett he was jim crockett's like guy for a long time he was in wcw um and he was he, he was in ecw he ended his career in uh in wwe like he uh he was the executioner in wwe you remember the executioner yes he uh he had a mask and uh he had an axe and whatnot um he 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 was uh he inter- he was the guy that interfered. Okay, so the under- the Undertaker's buried alive match with mankind, and uh, he was the guy that interfered in that match. Yeah, yeah, I know the actually. Yeah. Okay, I know the match. Yeah, so uh, that was that was his that was you know, Terry Gordy, but he he was a big time guy 20, 30, 35, 40 years ago. Okay, uh, Buddy Roberts, he's a WWE Hall of Famer. Uh, was in is in there. Um, Jimmy Garvin is is in there. Um, go, uh, gorgeous Jimmy, go, gorgeous Jimmy Garvin. That was his. That was his wrestling name. He was the le- He was the less least known of the the fabulous Freebirds. But Michael Hayes, m- most famous for being you know an announcer. He was he was you know he he was like the fabulous Freebird. Okay. Well, I mean. I can't, I can't, uh, I'm, I'm sorry here because I was trying to do research on him. I don't know anything about him. So, I mean. And, and that's okay. That's that's kind of why I'm, what I'm around for in this regard. Yeah. Number eight would be Nexus. Um, I don't know much about this, but after number eight, I can have an opinion about number seven through one. Uh, number eight, I know of the faction. I know of the guys in the faction. Um, I get why they are mentioned, but I do not agree that they are uh, that uh, uh, that Nexus is eight. They definitely are probably top thirty, but not eight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only thing that I can say realistically is some of the guys that were in the Nexus 
Okay. Um, I guess that's probably why they're on that list. Uh, they had, I mean, Wade Barrett, obviously yeah. bad news, Barrett, Daniel Bryan. Yes. Um, Darren Young. Mm-hmm. Um, fuck who the hell else was in it. Oh God. Uh, David Otunga, who's no longer wrestling. I don't think, uh, Bray Wyatt was in the Nexus as Husky Harris. You remember Husky Harris from NXT? I do. I That's do. Bray Wyatt. That's Bray Wyatt. Uh, Justin Gabriel, who's not that big of a name anymore, but realistically, like when you, the, the opening group, I think the, the key core of the Nexus, uh, was, was Wade Barrett, Daniel Bryan, Darren Young, uh, Justin Gabriel, Heath Slater, and David Otunga. Mm-hmm. And then you've got, uh, Husky Harris who, that, oh, what the fuck is, uh, oh God. Oh God. I remember, uh, fuck, uh Bray Wyatt. That's Husky Harris. Bray Wyatt's Husky Harris. Okay. Number seven on this list is Heart Foundation. Now, I do have some opinions about the Heart Foundation, and I will say this right now. I agree with Vince McMahon. Brett screwed Brett. Fuck Brett Hart. And uh, I hate pretty much every guy that's in the Heart Foundation. Um, Just don't like them. Uh, Personally, do not like them. Um, And uh, I feel really sad for Owen Hart, but that was years ago. Uh, but I mean, British Bulldog was in this. You got you got Anvil, who just died, uh, who was who was Natalia's dad, who's mm-hmm. wrestling right now. Uh, and then you had Brian Pillman, and you had Owen Hart, and you had Bret Hart. Um, from all the other uh, podcast shows I listened to, and all the all the stuff that I've been watching, the network and stuff, Bret Hart was a fucking dick. Wow, fuck you, so, fuck you, fucking dick. And uh, I'm glad that they're on this list because, uh, you know, they deserve to be because every guy in that fucking faction was a fucking dick. Hated them. Well, uh, we're not. T- I'm not. I'm not worried about them being an asshole inside or outside of the ring. But first of all, Bret Hart is like the in everybody's list of top five greatest wrestlers of all time. Totally. Fuck you. Disagree. Oh my god, you're so full of shit. Top you twenty, maybe. Suck, bro. No. What? What? Top fucking 20, bro. Brett, first of all, first of all, Brett didn't fucking screw Brett. Vince screwed Brett because he got himself into a big-ass fucking contract he couldn't afford. That was his own stupid fucking fault and made Brett go into this stupid, stupid, stupid contract. And he was afraid because that WCW was going to give him more money and WCW was going to buy him out. So he made Brett do a title, do a title versus career match, right? No. And, and fucking quick and quickly kicked his ass out of the fucking WWE because you he, are he, you are totally a thousand no, I am not wrong I'm not wrong about this I'm not wrong about you're wrong this. Fucking, you're wrong Vince McMahon screwed Bret Hart absolutely not Bret Hart is the best there is the best there was the best there ever will be okay and he's in my opinion in my personal opinion top five professional wrestler of all time We'll talk about the Heart Foundation, but I bet you know what? We're gonna talk about heart, but we will talk about the Heart Foundation, but I'm gonna talk about the Montreal screw job because I'm gonna tell you the facts. I don't care about what your bullshit is. This is the facts. The fact of the matter is that yes, you are right to uh, to the beginning of your statement that Vince McMahon offered Bret Hart a 20-year contract deal. Five years for doing this, five years for doing that, and the last 10 years of his contract to be at the offices, to train new guys, to kind of help run the shit, right? 
Bret mm-hmm. Hart did not sign that contract. Bret Hart signed with Eric Bischoff to go to WCW. Bret Hart was the champion. He goes to Vince McMahon and says, I'm going to WCW. I just signed. And Vince is like, okay, unfortunately, our next pay-per-view is going to be in uh, Canada. So you're going to have to give up the title at that pay-per-view because we're going to go with Shawn Michaels now since you're leaving. I'm not going to have you take my title to WCW like Medusa did when she threw it in the trash. Mm-hmm. Not going to happen. Now, say what you will. I think that's fair for Vince McMahon to say that. Do you agree? Okay, you want to go, go, but you got to lose the fucking belt at the next pay-per-view because I'm not going to have you take the belt at WCW. Is that fair? Keep in mind, fans, that Jordan and I are not inside guys, so we're about to give you conflicting pieces of information. I don't know where you got that, and it might have been from somebody that Bruce I didn't obviously – Bruce fucking Okay, Bruce. well, mine's coming from fucking and Bret Hart. Mine's coming from Bret Hart having talked about this, finally. Mine and it was from it, Bruce Fletcher and from Eric Bischoff. All right, well, Eric Bischoff we know is full of fucking shit. And Bruce said the same story. And Bruce, and Bruce Pritchard, Bruce Pritchard is a guy who's just trying to bring his fucking career back after he can't get a job in professional wrestling anymore. Bruce so, Pritchard, how about this? I will shut up after this. Bruce Pritchard on his show and Eric Bischoff, and, Bischoff on his show said the same exact story. The same exact story. So I'll shut up and go ahead. This is this is this is Bret Hart's version of the story. The guy that was actually in the fucking room when the contract was done. Vince, got, Vince McMahon and and Bret Hart signed this big ass fucking lifetime basically deal, right? Twenty year deal. 20, Twenty years. Twenty years is basically a fucking lifetime contract. Shortly thereafter, Vince was afraid, and he he did that because all of his guys were bouncing for WCW, right? So he wanted to keep some of his core guys to, you know, for a long time, which I don't fucking blame him. And he made, he basically gave creative control to Bret Hart over his career for those, for, for the first part of the contract, right? They wanted Shawn Michaels to have the strap the creative did. Bret was like, uh, fuck you. This is my contract. If you don't like my fucking contract, I'll fucking go to WCW. So Vince was afraid that that Bret Hart was going to leave with the title at some point because he really could because he had creative control over the contract. So Vince, being afraid of Bret Hart and the contract, put into the put in the storyline title versus fucking contract match or whatever the fuck it was, right? There was, no, there was nothing special. Whatever, I don't remember the name of the match, but it, it was like a title versus it was the, the match was if Bret Hart wins. He keeps the title and something something happens. I don't remember what it was. But if Shawn Michaels wins the match, and we're talking about one of the greatest matches of all time, by the way. That that Iron Man match and Canadian Stampede. Fantastic fucking match, by the way. Anyway, but Brett Vince was afraid that he was gonna leave. So he had uh, Earl Hebner screw him out, screw him over. And Bret Hart went in the back and Beat the shit out of Vince McMahon in the locker room. Literally beat the shit out of Vince McMahon. Not because he wanted to go to WCW or WCW and throw the WWE title in the fucking garbage. Not that he wanted to do that, but he wasn't going to do that. Why would he do? Why would he be that pissed off 
that Vince McMahon screwed him out of a contract and a title if he, <clears throat> if, if, if he had that plan. Okay, so going off of the facts from Bruce Pritchard and from Eric Bischoff, as both said the same exact story, they have no reason to not tell the same story because they both were dealing with Brett at the same time because Bruce Pritchard was always kind of like, you know, Vince McMahon's not right-hand man, but he was always there with Pat Patterson and whatnot. But Brett Hart, and this will be the closing arguments here, Brett mm-hmm. Hart did not sign that contract. He signed with Bischoff. And he told Bischoff, this is what Bischoff says. He I'm told sorry, Bischoff, was that, it, was, it was that Survivor Series. I don't know yes, why. I said it was that Survivor Series. He told Bischoff that he was going to bring the title to WCW, and Bischoff said no. The reason why Bischoff said no, and this is why I believe it, is because when Medusa brought the women's title over and she threw in the trash, WWF sued the fuck out of WCW, and they won. So, of course, Bischoff said no. Don't do that. So, creative with Bruce Pritchard and Victor McMahon said to Bret Hart, okay, at Survivor Series, this is how the match is going to go. Bret agreed with that. Shawn Michaels agreed with that. This is how we're going to do the match, right? And this is what you're going to do. You're going to lose the title, and then you're going to go to WCW. No problem. While the match is going on, Bret Hart is not doing anything that he agreed to do with creative. He did it. That is a fact. He didn't do it. You have multiple people on WCW side and on WWF side who says the same exact thing. He did not follow creative at all. Shawn Michaels was starting to get physically irritated about it. That's when Vince McMahon comes out and Vince McMahon made the decision to ring the bell and to have Shawn Michaels win. So Bret Hart could not take the title over to WCW. That was, what's going to happen. And also the little cherry on top was they were even going to work with Bret Hart and say, okay, You can win the title in Canada because it's your home country. But the next night on Raw, before you go, because you have a month off before you go to WCW, you've got to lose your title. You have to lose your title either at SummerSlam or you have to lose your title either the next night on Raw. One of the two. And Bret Hart wasn't going to do it. So Vince McMahon did what Vince McMahon had to do. So, and yes, you are true at the end of your statement. Bret Hart was in the locker room. You had a bunch of guys there. Vince McMahon comes in. Bret Hart says, I'm going to take a shower. I'm going to pack my shit up. I'm going to lace up my shoes. And I'm going to punch in the face. And he did exactly that. But that that is that is, to the best of my knowledge, absolutely a fabrication. Not on your part. Not on your part. That is a fabrication from Bruce Pritchard trying to protect Vince McMahon. Why wouldn't he from, from, because he was involved? it whatever and he's trying to get back fucking involved in wwe which he, he can't i don't think he wants to but sec well either way secondly he's no longer involved in wwe he wants to protect the legacy that he created and b and this is my last point on this because this is not the conversation that we decided to have but we can go this direction if you want to if we can wait you want to scrap the rest of the conversation we can talk an hour no 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 no, no, no. We'll, we'll go what we want to do that's fine. okay yeah but that is to the best of my and what human would react the way Bret Hart did if he had planned this whole thing? The no, way no, I wasn't saying, saying it was planned. No, no, that's the confusion, and that's why I don't like the Hart Foundation. Is because when you get a faction, you have to be able to root for some guys. Now, maybe you 
and maybe uh, hundreds of other people like what the Heart Foundation did. But me, as an individual person, did not like at all anybody in the Heart Foundation. I thought they were all jerks. I mean, in the ring and out of the ring. I, I just didn't care for them. It was not Bret Hart's plan. Bret Hart's plan was, I'm not going to lose my title. And they're like, but you're leaving. You're going to WCW. You can't go to WCW with the WWF championship. He's like, well, that's what I'm doing. They're like, no. You that's can't. to all accounts that I've ever known of, with the exception of the two you're bringing up, who have actual stakes in the conversation, have said the exact opposite of what you said. Vince, Vince couldn't pay for the contract. Because because WCW was eating him alive at the time. <clears throat> but said, if you stay, I'll honor the contract. I'll find a way and I'll honor the contract. I don't want you to leave. Right? Sure. So, and WCW did offer him a deal. WCW offered him a contract. It was like a three-year deal or something like that. But then he decided to do the 20-year deal with Vince. And he was going to be, you know, he was going to you know, be a top performer for a while, then be a management and blah, 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 blah. That was the, that was what it was. Well, to the best of my to the best of my knowledge, and we'll go we can go into detail about it. To the best of my you know at another point, but to the best of my knowledge, the, what you're bringing up is the t- only two accounts of what you're saying. And to the best again, to the best of my recollection, on everything that I remember. Now I'm not sitting here reading a fucking book, you know what I mean? I don't have it in front of me. But to the best of my knowledge, yeah, the way it went down was that Brett was going to stay. Vince wanted him to stay, but Vince was afraid that he couldn't pay the contract. And that if, if he couldn't pay the contract while Brett had creative control, right, sure. then he was going to take the title with him. That's what Vince's fear was. So that's why Vince took the title from him outside of the storyline. The in-match stuff, I don't know. I don't know if they, you know, because the match was so great, I can't fucking, there's nothing that would, show me that one of them is, you know, working over the other one in a way that's not, you know, okay. predetermined. But, we'll, okay, we'll, we'll continue with our originally we'll go, discussed we'll, Yeah, we'll go continue with it. I was just, I just wanted to get that off my chest there because I personally do not like the Hart Foundation. I don't like any stuff. The only match that I really, really liked Bret Hart in was when he, uh, is when he, um, uh, what's the term? Wow, I should know this because I'm an asshole. Is when he, uh, made uh stone cold when he when he put over stone cold there we go when he put over stone cold at wrestlemania 13 i really liked mm-hmm. him in that uh number five uh let me get a number five here from the list no i'm sorry number six number six is uh something i don't agree with uh, at all but number six is the new day uh my complaint with the new day is they're not great wrestlers in my opinion and uh they're just gimmicks I mean, it has been for the past three years at Royal Rumble. What is Kofi Kingston going to do to not get eliminated? You know, he does these fancy little stupid-ass moves because he's not—he's walking on his hands or he's in a chair or whatever. Mm-hmm. But as soon as his ass gets back in the ring, he gets eliminated again. Uh, the Bootios thing, the unicorn thing, the dancing, the colors, the trombones. They're not a faction. They're not nothing to be feared. They're just three guys that I have a stupid gimmick. I don't. I don't really care for the new day at all. 
Um, I mean, I think they're fun. You know what I mean? They're they're just basically, yeah. I mean, I agree with everything you've said. It's just a, it's just a gimmick. But yeah, I mean, they're they're fun to watch. I enjoy when they come out, and I I enjoy watching K- Kofi Kingston find a way not to get, not to get eliminated from the Royal Rumble and then ultimately get eliminated. I enjoy that. I do. Enjoy right. That. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number five, I actually agree with this one. Um, I don't know if it'll be my number five, but number five is Evolution, um, where you had Ric Flair, Triple H, Batista, and Randy Orton. Uh, what a great way to get two new young guys out and popularized. Uh, I would argue that if it wasn't for Evolution, Randy Orton and Batista wouldn't be who they are. Uh, I mean, just wow. What what a great idea. Um, they were all heels, but they were likable heels. Uh, all of them were talented. Uh, Ric Flair has shown his, his skills in the ring, of course, at Triple H. And at Armageddon in 2002 or 2003, I think it was Armageddon 2003, that was the pay-per-view that was nothing but evolution. That night is when Randy Orton uh, defeated RVD for the Intercontinental title and Batista and Ric Flair won the tag team titles and triple H won the world heavyweight title. So at that pay-per-view in Armageddon in 2003 evolution won every title at the time. Uh, great little faction. It was nice to see him do it. I liked it. Yeah. And I, I agree with you. I think, I think evolution existed for two reasons and two reasons only. And that was to stroke triple H's ego and to get Randy Orton over. And then, you know, Randy Orton after that became what a 13, 14 time WWE champ. Yeah, because, no, because of evolution. Up. So yeah, I mean, like <laughs> he, he, to, you know, to give. I mean, you know, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to reveal a whole lot about the other conversation we were going to have. But Randy Orton was going to be my answer to the other conversation we were going to have is who should, who should have the strap. That was going to be our, that was what we were planning on talking about when this thing came out and why right. we hated it so much was going to be who should have the titles and why. And my answer on the, on, you know, was going to be AJ Styles for obvious reasons and Randy Orton for obvious reasons. And I still think that to this day, I think Randy Orton is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. who's gotten the shaft in the last five, six, seven years. Yeah. Because what's going to happen. And then off subject for just one second and then go back. <laughs> not, to our not like we ever get off topic. No, no, no. But <laughs> it's not going to happen, but just, what Bruce Pritchard has always said in his in his in his podcast episodes is they always say in their writers meetings, what if what if this happens? That's how they started off. So what if at Hell in the Cell this year, Brock Lesnar does defeat Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar is the champion all the way to Survivor Series. So they got Raw versus SmackDown. Again, it will be just another fuck you to AJ Styles because last year it was him against Brock Lesnar and he just got obliterated. And then what what a terrible thing would happen if uh, if Braun Strowman and AJ Styles go head to head. It should be uh, somebody like a Randy Orton or maybe Randy Orton himself to go against AJ Styles at Survivor Series. That would be cool. Number four, uh, I do not agree with this at all. It should not be where it is, but it is the way it is. Number four, greatest faction of all time is the NWO, the New World Order. I am not going to get into details yet because I will save that later for the show, but this should not be number four. Uh, the NWO is one of the best factions of all wrestling history. Let's, 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 
let's just face the fact here what this is. The reason NWO is number four is because they're a WCW faction. Sure. Plain and simple. Sure. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. Uh, well, we'll get into that later. Uh, number three we have is D-Generation X as the greatest faction of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? You know what? Everybody out there in the call in the ring verse, I'm going to have to shut my mouth until we get to it because I can't, yes. we can't yeah, do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number two is the Four Horsemen. And I might as well get into this one now. I'm not going to shut my mouth. Number, <laughs> number one is the Shield. Oh, barf. No. Barf. No. 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 The Shield is not the greatest faction of all time. What do they do? What's their gimmick besides walking out from the crowd and wear a bulletproof vest for no reason? And they just, what's their thing? What's their thing? I know when they first came out, they were the three guys that came over from NXT. So they had to be like these three you know, tight knit guys, kind of like Nexus in a way. Mm-hmm. And they had to like say, Hey, WWE, we're the shield. Here's our big dicks. We're going to take you all on because at the time it was the authority. That was kind of like a new evolution thing. Right. Mm-hmm. What do they do now? The shield is back now. And they're just, they're just beating up brush. Oh, terrible faction. Terrible. I mean, I don't know that they're terrible, but they're not – they do not deserve to be number one. And this is another case in point as to this list being an obvious, obvious, obvious WWE, you know, thing in putting the Shield number one. They're trying to put the Shield back over because everybody liked the Shield when they came out. They were heels at first, and then people loved them because they were beating up, you know, guys that they fucking hated. Mm-hmm. And the, the current creative is just proving that they have – they're not at all creative, and they're just rehashing the shield to try to get Roman Reigns back over because the fans fucking hate him, and they want to put him back somewhere where, you're, where they thought they could cheer for him and, get, and have him be the champ. They, and that's why – that's why another reason why they're doing what they're doing by making Braun Strowman uh, having – the guy who can literally made a career in the last two years of eating his way through the fucking locker room, right? Only, only being defeated by, by Brock Lesnar because they had to keep putting Brock Lesnar over because Vince is fucking retarded, right? But anyway, that's besides the point. Fucking, they have to, you know, he, they make Braun Strowman create a faction to where he can't, because he can't beat the Shield, he's creating all these guys who hate the Shield and hate Roman Reigns because he needs help all of a sudden. Like, that's what? What? Now, what? Now, I'm not gonna get into grave detail because I had to explain it to her. But I, I, like I have done in every episode, like I do a continue episodes. I will always bring my wife into play with this because she is the modern audience that doesn't watch wrestling but watches it because her husband and daughter watches it, right? Sure. And she was like a long time ago, a few months ago. She was like, "Why does everybody hate Roman Reigns? Every time Roman Reigns come out, I would go boo." And Riley, my my little two year old, would boo. You know, people. Why does people hate Roman Reigns? And I gave her my opinion. I don't know if this is the definite answer, but this is why I, as a fan, don't like Roman Reigns. And it's because he's done nothing to go over. Nothing. He's been the same character since he's come into WWE. Uh, his character hasn't changed, and. Which is fine. You don't need to change. But my point is, is that he's not done anything. Like, for example, Braun Strowman. I told her 
You know, honey, when he says, get these hands and people say, get these hands, it's because he said that on a LARF accidentally and people just loved it. And there he won them over. Not just not by doing that, by doing other things too. What the fuck does Roman Reigns do? Putting on, putting on, you know, giving, giving great pre and post-match interviews. Yeah. You know, and being a guy who is just fucking tough as nails and people enjoy and people like, yeah, Roman Reigns, you're a hundred percent right. Like people fucking hate him. Because he's not, he sucks. Like he doesn't put on great matches. He doesn't you know put what, on great matches. You know what would put Roman Reigns over for me mm. is if he took the bump to end all fucking bumps at the Hell in the Cell match on Sunday, and let Braun Strowman throw him off the fucking ring, off the off the off the uh, the structure. Well, he should because Shane McMahon does it all the time. So why can't Shane, think, of, think about this? Shane McMahon will fucking jump off that thing. Now that takes balls. I wouldn't do that. No, I wouldn't do that. But I'm not trying to get over and become WWE champ. Stay WWE champ. Yeah. You know what I mean? Again, I wouldn't fall off that fucking thing. I but mean, now, now that they have they have inflatable mattresses underneath the fucking uh, the tables underneath those tables. Yeah, they have inflatable mattresses under there. You're, you're more safe now than you've ever been to do it. You know, just don't fuck up. Just aim it right. Practice it a bunch. and Just don't fuck up. <laughs> not, not the shield. All right. All right. We've gone on long enough. Now we're getting to our list. Now, I made a list. Um, I <laughs> this 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 point of the episode fans is where you're really going to want to take a really long lunch break. This is where you really want to be by yourself. Uh and, and definitely enjoy this because uh, we're going to be probably at different ends of the spectrum this whole time. So I'll kick it off. Okay. And you got to hear my point. Number 10 for me, greatest faction. And this is confusing maybe, but huh? my greatest faction, number 10, is the NWO Wolfpack. Not the NWO, but the Wolfpack. Really, the number 10. Number ten, greatest faction of all time. Absolutely. Um. Why? What? Okay. Now I'm just asking you. So uh, okay. So we're gonna. Is this now? I'm just asking you. Yeah. Is this WWE, WCW only, or is this like of all time, like including? That's all NWA? I know. Is, that's 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 all I know. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, you can give you me ECW and WA if if you want. I'm not gonna know them. I'm gonna know WCW. And I'm gonna sure. know WWE. Sure. My knowledge is not fucking that great. But no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that to try to say anything negative. I'm only asking for my own sake because I, I can do. I could probably do, like just the WWE or all of the above. But you, so that's why I'm you asking. Do what you want. I'm just saying. You know, it depends. I mean, you know where I stand on my knowledge. Right. So, right. I mean, you do what you got to do. I'm not going to complain. That, but yeah. That I, okay. That was. Just, I was just. I was just asking. So yeah, so so number ten for me is the Wolfpack. They're different from NWO. Um, so the reason why I like the Wolfpack is strictly for nostalgia reasons. Um, the storyline of the Wolfpack is you know you got the original NWO, you had Hulk Hogan, Scott Hall, and Kevin Nash, um, and then of course you got so many fucking members. And then after about a two years of the NWO run, the storyline was Kevin Nash and Scott Hall decided that they wanted to break away and start their own NWO. So they were now red and black. And the NWO black and white was called Hollywood, NWO Hollywood. So it was Hulk Hogan against Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. And uh, they would have brawls all the time. And you had wrestlers that joined 
that never joined before. You know, uh, part of the Wolfpack would be Lex Luger, would also be uh, Conan, and also would be uh, Sting, NWO Sting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the red and black sting came and joined that group. Um, I'm not saying that they did things that were great, but you know, they were going against the NWO, which at that point, somebody needed to go against the NWO because they just completely destroyed WCW all the way through. So they needed to do something. So yeah, for me, number 10 NWO Wolfpack was a great, uh, faction for what they did. What's your number 10? My number 10, uh, and I think I might have to explain it to you, and I don't mean that negatively. It's just, it's, it's. You're not going to be it, negative and offend okay. me, for Jesus Christ's sake. Okay. Stop saying okay. All right. Just say my number, my, my number 10 is, uh, is the Bullet Club. All right. They, the Bullet that. Club. Yeah. They're an, they're, they're basically an international professional wrestling stable. Um, really, you know, I, I, IGWP and fucking, uh, you know, Japan and shit like that. Like they're, 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 inter, they're an international. There's their their peak, AJ Styles, uh, fucking Gallus and Anderson, Kenny Omega, and if you want to watch some fantastic wrestling, catch Kenny Omega versus Chris fucking Jericho. Right? They just had a they just had a match that was basically like everybody's dream match from the '90s would have been like Sting versus The Undertaker, right? Mm-hmm. A Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho is that is that level for on, on an independent uh, slash international wrestling level. Um, if you become a member of the Bullet Finn Balor, uh, if you become a member of the Bullet Club, you are on your way to becoming basically a WWE champion. Okay, um, they've they've just dominated since really their inception. Um, you know, and it wasn't that long ago, but it was, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been like five years, I think since 2013. Okay. But, okay. uh, so they're not, they're not that old of a, and that's the only reason they're number 10 and number, another reason why, uh, they're, you know, they're, they're Japan, they're Japanese wrestling and ring of honor and IGP, you know, blah, 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 blah. That's why they're number 10. Cause they're not that well known at this point. Okay. All right, so so strictly that is your number 10 then? Yeah, that's my number 10 is the Bullet Club. Okay, okay. Number nine, uh, number nine for me, uh, well, it would definitely have to be the Four Horsemen. Um, I don't get it. Um, I watched a documentary about them today on YouTube. Uh, I don't get it. There's just a bunch of, it's just a bunch of four old dudes that or like pre-NWO. I, I mean, I don't get it. I like what they did, though, a little bit. I know it's kind of contradicting myself, but... I mean, they're number nine. They're not number two. I mean, Four Horsemen, what a great fucking name. What I actually like more, which we'll get into later, is the Four Horsewomen. Uh, but Four Horsemen was okay. It was it was cool, but it was just not my cup of tea. It was okay, though. Number nine. Um... Boy, uh, I don't know what to say without revealing things I'm going to say later, and I can understand why you're you're where you where you are on them. But like for where they were in in the '80s, they I mean they were pro wrestling's first fucking gang. You know what I mean? Like what sure. became what later became the NWO mm-hmm. would not have existed if it wasn't for the Four Horsemen. I, I'm not going to disagree with you. 
you know, I mean, Ric Flair, fucking Tully Blanchard, uh, Arn Anderson, Ole Anderson, you know, James J. Dillon, like those guys in the eighties were fucking, were the world. You know what I mean? They were, they were the greatest thing to happen to pro wrestling, but specifically, you know, again, they wouldn't have, it wouldn't have, if it wasn't for their, in their entrance into WCW later on, the NWO never would have existed. So they're, they're on my list. They're significantly higher for you. Uh, or excuse me, lower for you than they than they are for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't want to get into too much detail um, as to to where they're they are for me. Just, yeah, just yeah. What's your number nine then? My number nine, and I think you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna hate it because we did talk a lot of shit on them, but they've got to be up there for me um, simply because of what they've produced. And my number nine is the Shield. Um, you know, they're they're low on the list because. They haven't done they, – they, WWE really, really, really tries to put them over. And I think they're lower on the list for me, honestly, because they've, they've brought them back on numerous occasions. Like, to me, a great wrestling stable has its fantastic run. They do what they do. Then they all hate each other. And then they all have, like, triple threat matches for the fucking strap. Right? Sure. Like, that's, like, that's what wrestling stables have always been. WWE tries to continuously hint at them still being Shield brothers and you know Blood brothers, even at like the even at uh, the Royal Rumble this year, right? Like the Shield brothers, fucking and M- Elimination Chamber later, like the the Shield brothers helped defeat everybody, and you know Roman Reigns defeated Seth Rollins, like threw him over the top rope at the Royal Rumble because, and they're like, and they gave him a smirk, like I would he would have done the same thing, blah blah, blah you know. But that yeah, my number nine. My number nine is my number nine is a shield. Okay, number eight for me is going to be completely off ridiculous. But this was the high point of me in wrestling back in the early two thousands. But I thought it was a great idea. I really liked what they did. I thought it was funny. They are they were the new day back in two thousand. And number eight would be right to censor. Uh. Right to censor was a fun fucking sax, uh, 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 faction. You had. You had uh, Steve Richards, and then you had, and then what he did, the whole storyline was he took rated R or rated X superstars, and he made them clean. So he took the Godfather, and he got rid of his hose, and he made him the good father. <laughs> he took Val fucking Venus, whose storyline was a porn star, <laughs> as a right to censor member. And also had that chick, I forget her name, um, but she was in it too. She was the annoying one. And they Cat. all wore Cat. huh? Cat. It was not Cat. I, I know you for sure? a fact. Yes, I know for a fact it was. Uh, I don't remember who it was. I thought it was I thought it was Cat. Um I'm gonna look it up while we do this shit. But uh I, I really fucking liked the gimmick. Um I loved um I loved the black pants and the white shirts. Uh, the actual members were uh, Stephen Richards, Bull Buchanan, The Good Father, Val Venus, Ivory was the one I was thinking of. Okay, okay. And then also the cat came in as well. Okay. But uh, Jesus, what just what just what just a fun, stupid idea? Because in my opinion, you got to have some fun stuff with wrestling. You know what I mean? 
And the reason why they're not as ridiculous as the New Day was because they did win matches and they weren't the butt of the joke all the time. Mm -hmm. Boy, did I really love just Right to Center. Every time they were out. And the last thing I got to say about Right to Center is their entrance music was the worst entrance music of all time. It was just a beeping noise saying, warning, 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 (laughs) warning. I just, it was terrible. But fucking, Mm -hmm. fucking love Right to Center. Number eight. What's your number eight? Ah, you know what? I, I'm actually kind of glad you went off in the left field first because it makes me feel so much better about this one. Uh, my number eight is the Nation of Domination. Ah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you had another, you know, the Godfather. It's ironic you talk about him. The, the Godfather. Uh, the place that made The Rock who he is. Uh, that, 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 that fight between him and Farouk to become the leaders of the Nation of Domination. Um. Savio Vega, Mark Henry, Ahmed Johnson, like those dudes, you know, I mean, like if they were fantastic. Now they never, they didn't necessarily like have big time title runs. I mean, they had tag title runs and whatnot and the rock had the European title. And when, well, when he was Rocky Maivia, right. Yeah. Uh, but they had, uh, you know, if I remember right, uh, they put, they put, you know, they they were they put those guys over, but they never really gave them anything other than tag title runs. But their storyline was was a huge part of the second generation of Generation X, right? And that moment when DX made fun of them was fantastic, but also extremely racist. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, you know, they were they were fantastically put together at the right time. Um, you know, I, I feel like they were strong. They even had Owen Hart in there for a while, uh, but but I, I mean, I'm talking the I'm talking the Farouk, Rocky Maivia, D'Lo Brown, Godfather, Savio Vega, like those guys. That's they they were it, and they had a great two year run. They really did. They had a great two year run. Well, my number seven, so a little bit modern, but not too much. Number seven is the Straight Edge Society. Really? I really like that one. The members were CM Pelk, uh, Joey Mercury, Luke Gallows, and Serena. Serena is still uh, working for WWE. She is uh, She's in the Performance Center. She's a yoga instructor. But the Straight Edge Society was started by CM Pelk because he's straight edge. Now, right. people that may be younger fans of our show, people that may not remember because it was the worst movement of American pop culture that I can think of in the past 15 years. But what straight edge was in real life was still kind of is it's, no, it's not like it is now. No, no. straight right. edge, straight edge at its height. When this came out in 2009 was you could listen to heavy metal music. You could swear and be a dick. However, though, you didn't smoke, you didn't do drugs, you didn't drink alcohol, you were, you were clean. And I loved that from CM Punk with his character. And that's when he really pushed the straight edge um, attitude, I would say, for, better cho- for lack of choice of words there. Uh, just he was arrogant. And what he would do is mm-hmm. that he would he would get people to join his cult by shaving their heads, and his head was never shaved, which was funny at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. because he needed to cleanse them, he needed to change them 
with the straight edge lifestyle. I thought it was fun. Um, it only lasted from November of 2009 till September of 2010. They only really feuded with two major stars. They feuded with Ray Mysterio Jr. They were, and they also feuded with Big Show. But other mm. than that, it was nothing. I thought it was a staple or a faction that either lasted longer. Uh, Straight Edge Society was just fun. Um, it was it was this guy, CM Punk, who thought he was Jesus, essentially. And uh, still, what he better, still kind of thinks that. Yeah, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what better villain than a guy who thinks that he's Jesus, but in reality is a cult leader? Loved it. I don't like the Straight Edge Society. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. Relax. Drink a beer, motherfucker. But... Uh, <laughs> um, that's my opinion on that one. What's your number seven? Well, my number seven is it's. I think it's one of the first. Uh, it's it's one of the first things that's going to tie pretty close to. And actually, it's the only one I think it's going to tie close to the list. Um, is is the Hart Foundation? Um, I again, they're they're for the same reasons that you talked about earlier, like when you were hating on them. <laughs> that's why they're not. That's why they're not higher up. I mean. Bret Hart was the leader of the Hart Foundation, and it was designed to be like because it was the Hart Foundation, that, and then they had a big, big feud with the Patriot, like all those, like the, the American guys, and it was America, and they were basically the Hart Foundation was basically designed to be a, a Survivor Series stable, so it was Canada versus America, right? Like that's what it was kind of sort of yep. designed to be around. But I mean, Owen Hart was great in his in his own right. Brian Pillman at one point had every single title. In his, he had every single one at, at one point. Uh, British Bulldog, Jim the Anvil, Neidhart, all those guys in their own rights were great, you know, great solo wrestlers, and they were they were all tied together. It's not like they weren't buddies. It's not like they didn't have a thing. They were they were basically the Canadian version of the Click. They were all trained by 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 Brett Owen's dad, Stu, in the in the basement, the heart the the the, the heart basement. Yes. When when Stu Hart would basically choke out a 15 year old child to teach him how to be a wrestler, like they came up fucking tough as balls, right? Sure. So, but at the same time, uh, you know, the stable was basically the reason, and this is the reason they're not up higher, was basically Bret Hart and his friends to give to give Bret Hart to turn Bret Hart heel because you couldn't turn Bret Hart heel. He was the greatest there ever was, right? So he. And I know you don't like him. And that's not the point, time and place for that argument. But to me, that's that's why they're number ten. Is because it was, you know, or excuse me, not up higher. Uh, but yeah, that's that's my number. What'll be on seven? That's my number seven. All right, number six for me would be the corporation. Ah, number six, the corporation. So many members, but you had Mr. McMahon, you had Shane, you had The Rock, Big Boss Man, Ken Shamrock, Pat Patterson, Jared Briscoe, Sergeant Slaughter, Shawn Michaels, Test, Kane, China, Big Show, Triple H. The corporation mainly formed to fuck with Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> mainly. Mm-hmm. Uh, just really a slimy faction. Um, This actually... Uh, got me to do one of my rules. You know how people have rules in their life when they get older? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, rule number 62, don't ever do this. Because right. you've learned. Don't put, don't give a stripper two bucks. Because, huh. you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it's just, I, wouldn't know what that, I wouldn't know what that meant, but continue. Yeah. But uh, rule number one uh, for my life 
and this kind of uh, started it for me back in 1998, 99 was never trust a man in a suit because they're always out for themselves and never for you or anybody else. They would rather mm. take the dinner. They'd rather take the food off of your plate than to help you. And I hated the corporation, hated them. And that's why it made him a good faction. It got a reaction out of me. It, it got mm. me, it got me excited uh, every time they come on because I'm like, oh my God, what are they going to do? What are they going to do to Stone Cold? Are they going to say no more beer? Oh my God. You know, just mm-hmm. love the corporation. Great faction. Uh, what is your number six? Actually, you're going to find this very, very, very funny. My, my, I, I'm agreeing with you. They're my number six, but I'm also including the corporate ministry. Ah, in, yeah, in, in, in that, yeah, with The Undertaker and fucking Viscera and, and Paul Bear at the time. And, yeah. And uh, even even Triple H was in it and fucking Farouk and Bradshaw. <laughs> you know, like, that was fantastic. That They didn't have that long of a run as a corporate ministry. And number the number two reason why they're actually, and this is going to sound very petty, why they're, why they're on this list is they have my absolute favorite wrestling theme song from the era. Ah. Now, Vince McMahon, well, it's, yeah. Now, Vince McMahon, I mean, I'm not talking Vince McMahon's version. I'm talking, it's it's No Chance in Hell meets The Undertaker's theme song. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if, if, if you haven't had a chance to listen to it, uh, and it's back when The Undertaker was still, was, was, was in his mode of speaking in tongues. Sure. Like he was speaking in tongues. I can still say the thing i'm gonna get it wrong and i don't want to embarrass myself and say it uh but i can still speak it the one line i've had i've had it memorized for fucking 20 years um (laughs) of 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 the line he speaks in that theme song so for everything you just said and for every reason yes i mean i i agree with everything you said and they are uh they're they're actually my same spot in the list all right number five this may be weird for you. We're in our top five fans. Number five for me is the brood. Really? The brood. Gang, gang, gang. Well, you know what? I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you speak. The brood. Now, every faction that starts with the young or young guys, typically, not all the time, but typically, does after the faction end the young superstar or the young woman that's in the faction does grow to become a very popular superstar. Mm -hmm. This faction was only three people and gave birth to edge and fucking Christian. Gangrel still wrestles by the way, just throwing that out there. Does he? He's Uh, the only one. He's the only non-retired one. So long story short here for the fans. If you don't know what the brood is, the brood was late nineties and their gimmick was cool before it was cool. Their gimmick was literally, they were vampires. And they would come out and they would drink blood. And they had, if you want to talk about great fucking entrance music, that entrance music was great. Yeah, it was. Edge and Christian were these pretty blonde boys that definitely looked like the Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise from Interview with the Vampire kind of guys, you know. Mm -hmm. There's these very pretty boys, you know, come out. But they're sexy and mysterious because they're vampires. And I just really think they, I think they missed the opportunity to really make that a great faction. But I understand why as a company, they got rid of the faction because, you know, they started the attitude era at that point. They were going for more realistic storylines and vampires aren't fucking real. 
So, well, and that and that also started the rivalry between the Hardys and uh, and Edge and Christian and Dudley Boys. Yes, well, but before even before then, the Hardy the Hardy Boys and Edge and Christian. It was because uh, Gangrel turned against Edge and Christian on Sunday Night Heat, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then joined the corporate ministry, <laughs> and then joined the corporate ministry, and then. Got kicked out of there, and then had the uh, the Hardys become the new brood. If I if I remember that right, I could be I, wrong. I could and it be. was a ladder match. It was the first ever tag team ladder match at No Mercy that year between Edge and Christian and uh, the Hardy Boys. Hmm. All right. Well, let's get into because we got some more. We got a big debate coming up later on. We know we do. But number five for you. What do you got? Evolution. And and here's why. I mean, it's everything I said before. Every single person in that in that group has become a over ten time heavyweight champion, mm-hmm. right? Now, and that was an evolution was designed, and it was like I said, it's it's it was it's to stroke Triple H's ego and to put over Randy Orton, and they did both of those things. But it also it also gave Ric Flair, who was stuck in, 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 in the quagmire that was the NWO-dominated WCW, gave him a second life. You know what I mean? And, and you'll see Ric Flair is also on my list later on. You'll see. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I mean, I, that's, Evolution to me had some fantastic matches. They were the first group in a long time to – always have each other's backs. They always interfered in each other's matches. And that what, that's what makes a great heel stable to me is, or faction, that's what makes a great heel stable is that just when you think the good guy's about to, to, to win, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody from that group comes out and beats that. And then, and, and the bad guy wins. I agree. You know, that's what makes a great heel stable. So that, that's, that's, that's why they're up there for me. Number three for me, uh <laughs> number three would be D, uh, would be would be D Generation X. Um, I'm gonna let you finish. I'm gonna let you finish. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll just let you do it. D Generation X was only caught thought of because of the NWO. There would be no D Generation X if it wasn't for the NWO. That's it. I I mean they didn't do anything. What the fuck did they do? What the fuck did they do? They invaded WCW. Invaded WCW. Like, they went to Ted Turner's fucking house, the house that Ted Turner built, and brought a tank to a live Nitro event. <clears throat> I'm sorry, were you done? Yeah, I, no, but I'll let you finish. Oh no, I'm just I'm just making sure you're done because I just wanted to clear out the bullshit. Uh, I mean, look, NWO started in 1996. 1997 is when Degeneration X started out. It started out as three members, just like NWO. It had China, it had Triple H, and it had Shawn Michaels, and all they did was schoolboy pranks. Now, the reason why I rank them as number three because they are influential. And everybody knows the crotch chop and suck it 
and everybody knows Road Dog and Badass Billy Guns thing. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. I mean, everybody oh, knows you that. didn't know? Exactly. They had a great gimmick. I like what they did. My argument is just that there was a strict copy of the NWO. That's what it was. It was NWO. It was NWO turned up a thousand. Bull fucking shit. It wasn't. You said it, not me. You said that, not me. I didn't just say what you just said. You said it was NWO turned up to a thousand. That fucking makes it better than the NWO. No, it was NWO turned up a thousand, meaning that the NWO was edgy and cool. So what we're going to do is we're going to have Triple H and Shawn Michaels pull their pants down to show their ass cheeks on Monday Night Raw (laughs) during Christmas Christmas. because why the fuck not? (laughs) I mean, come the fuck on. And I will Look, argue, I will argue that Generation X was better when it had Xbox and Road Dog and, and Billy Gunn and and, and, and uh, those guys. It was not as great as was was with Shawn Michaels. No. Oh, oh my god. Oh, you 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 how many fucking beers have you had? Like I'm, I'm drinking I'm drinking okay. Bacardi Black, so fuck oh, off. Oh my god. Listen, brother, listen, brother. You know I love you now. I know, but I, love you too, but I, I seriously consider your intelligence when you put them number three. Number three? Fuck you. I number mean, three. Number three. They're not. Look, they just copied. They didn't do anything. I look, expected. Look, I didn't do anything. What did they, they do? They didn't do anything. They won the Monday Night Wars, you fucking they, dick. They didn't fucking win the Monday Night. Th- them single-handedly did not win the Monday Night Wars. Come oh, the fucking fuck shit! Off. They turned a the fucking fuck. tide, bro. Oh, I'm not even just talking. The, for, I'm not talking the first iteration. I'm talking the combined generations. Both, both fucking the first with, with Shawn Michaels in China, and the second with X Pac and the Road Dogs and Road Dog and the new or the New Age Outlaws, right? Number. Th- I mean, I expect us to have this argument, but not at this point. I expected there to be a third and a, a, somebody in between because I thought we would flip flop. This I knew he would, but yes, I, I, I agree. The, the the NWO would is is they flipped professional wrestling on their head in many ways. It took domination from WCW away, or excuse me, from WWE hands into WCW's hands. And the reason that they're higher up on my list is because they're the ones that won Vince McMahon back his fucking trophy. Like it's because of the it because of the Generation X. Like they've got the most iconic thing ever, you know that the, the uh, you know. And I got two words for you: suck it. And even Triple H, who's a corporate guy now, even every time he comes out the ring, he do, he does the the crotch chop. You know, I got I got I got I got suspended from fucking middle school for doing the crotch chop, the X version. Nah, fuck that shit. No, you no, know what I mean? That's how, no, influ- I, that's how influential no, they've been no. in my professional wrestling. Come the fuck on. Look, look. I actually agree with him on this comment. And Eric Bischoff on his podcast said that the day that he knew that the WWF won the war is when it was WrestleMania 14 when they had uh, Mike Tyson there. So and I agree with that statement. Because D-Generation X did not win the, NW- uh, did not win the Monday Night War. They helped. They played a part. They were the Marines of the whole military endeavor, but the sniper, the kill shot for Monday Night War was Stone Cold Steve Austin. 
So they help. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to shoot every bullet at you here that I have. So I'm going to give you 60 seconds. I want you to take a minute and explain to me and I'll let you go. I won't interrupt and I'll move on to my number three. And then once we get to, once we get at, you know, once we get to where I have them, Uh we can argue about it more, but I want you to take a minute and explain to me and I'll just let you do it. Why, why they're third and why they should not be higher on your list. The G Generation X is influential. Yes. I mean, we had uh, how many Monday Night Raw shows where there with Eric Cartman was painted on somebody's sign with G Generation X shirt that said suck it on it. They had a better gimmick when it comes to the suck it crotch chop thing. I totally agree with you on that because you got know, to get the four life or NWO or the two sweet, you know, uh, hand gesture. But other than that, I mean, G Generation X didn't do anything. They didn't turn WWE or WWF at the time upside down in its head. Uh, NWO did that. NWO was an invasion of WCW. They were WWF guys that came in to invade WCW. With D-Generation X, they were just guys that were there, that were trying to be fucking gimmicky, that were trying to push the ledge to try to shock people for no fucking reason. That's my two cents. That's just my two cents. That's, that's shorter than a minute, but they were influential, but they were there just to shock. That's all they were. So okay. what's, your, well, what's your number three? My number three, I, I can take a lot of your points and actually, with the exception of the shock value, put them, uh, give you give almost the exact same argument as behind my number three. Uh, my number three is the four horsemen. And it's the same reason I said that I thought they should be higher on your list, but your list is yours, mine is mine. Um, they were the original gang in professional wrestling. They were guys who not only were champs at the time, would be go on to have fantastic Hall of Fame level careers. Ric Flair, uh, Arn Anderson, the Arn and Ole Anderson, you know what I mean? I don't even need to name them again. I've already done it. Okay. Having Ric Flair as your guy in the '80s is was just, and you know, was fantastic. And they are actually guys who later on continued to influence professional wrestling. If it wasn't for the Four Horsemen, you would never have the Click. If it wasn't for the Four Horsemen, you never would have had NWO. And if it wasn't for the Four Horsemen, you specifically wouldn't have Degeneration X. So they are the foundational brick the first brick laid in this entire list the reason they're not number one and i'll get to and i'll want you know and i'll I'll make the same argument for number two as i will for number one each is a build off of the previous and a more a better and more polished version of the of, of of the previous so that's why they're number three for me uh i think they're you know their 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 level of where they were is just unmentionable, and the fact that they created this they created the entire idea of a bigger stable. I'm not, and I'm not even adding the Wyndhams in here. I'm not talking. I'm not even talking the the, the Von Ericksons. I'm not even going back that far because the Four Horsemen shined over that entire generation of stables and created basically the concept of what a stable should be uh for later generations okay so i'm gonna go off of this real quick roll with me on this okay Okay. i'm gonna give you my number two 
Uh, it's going to be very short because I'm fired up to talk about our top choices. Mm-hmm. But number two for me is WCW's The Dangerous Alliance. And you put them you put them above DX. I'll tell you why. Because of the members. Larry Zabisco, Arn Anderson, Bobby Eden, Steve Austin, and Medusa. By the way, by the way, another Paul Heyman created. Yes, it was Paul thing. Heyman Go ahead, created. Continue. It was short-lived. I'm not going to talk much about it. It was a short-lived staple, but my God. Larry Zabisco, Arn Anderson, Bobby Eden, and Stone Cold Steve Austin, and Medusa. I mean, talk about the top. The cream of the crop at the – oh, God. I, I, I'm not even going to get into – got to talk about what we want to talk about here because I'm getting really anxious. So let's just do a little game here. And don't give explanations why. Ed, what's your number two? My number two just is – it's. My number my, number two and number one, or just, 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 just name number two. Uh, just name it. My number two is D Generation X. Fuck you. I knew you didn't think I would go there right now, and I'll tell you why. And I mean, I, I'll tell you why I didn't go that direction as I did with my, as I did with my number one. But why fuck me? I'm number okay. Number one is NWO for me. What's number one for you? It's num- that's they're they're number one for me as well. Fuck you! We've had this conversation for years about how you said that D Generation X was number one over NWO, and you changed for the show. No, I didn't change what for the, the show. I didn't, no, 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 I didn't change it for the show. I didn't change it for the show. I didn't change it for the show. I, I'm only talking. I'm only, only, only talking. <laughs> and if we were going to add, and if we were going to have the next generation of the New World Order. They'd be down the list, right? And maybe I should switch it back up. Maybe, maybe I'm convincing myself otherwise. But like having, I'm talking Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Hulk Hogan. If you talk about those three only, they were the most disruptive thing in the history of professional wrestling. Okay. More so than Degeneration X, even though DX, and I'm talking, it's a very, very thin margin here. The only reason I'm putting them above Degeneration X is because of how they flip professional wrestling on their head. That's it. That's the only reason. If you take the fact that they ended up later having 30 members and, and three factions, that wasn't just the Wolfpack. They had the fucking Latino NWO. Well, LWO, but yes. But yeah, you see my point. But they were the they. But you see my point. Like, if you take anything outside of those three, you know what? Maybe I'm convincing myself. You know what? You're right. I'm gonna re. I'm gonna. I'm gonna switch my list back up. I'm putting NWO second for the simple fact that they fucking after the first three years were fucking shit. You've convinced me. Thank you for that. I actually convinced myself. After the first three years, after it was no longer just uh, after they started putting fucking Sting in there, who's supposed to be the antithesis of the NWO. When you started putting fucking when fucking Vince Russo started coming out and he was a member of the NWO. I'm not talking about how Eric Bischoff joined the fucking NWO. I'm not even worried about that bullshit. I'm talking like the fucking you had NWO members versus NWO members. That's retarded. Thank you for convincing me otherwise, Jordan. I appreciate your efforts and your entire argument. D-Generation X 
is the greatest stable of all time because the NWO after the third, after the, the fourth guy joined was shit. Even the fucking Paul White fucking NWO was shit when he comes walking out to the ring smoking a cigarette. D-Generation X was, like you said, edgy. They were fantastic wrestlers. Two of the top two wrestlers of all time were in this stable. Number one and number two. And I'm putting Shawn fucking Michaels number one as the greatest professional wrestler of all time. And Triple H is number two. And And they were in... They created this thing together. So, I want to apologize to the fans for having to listen to your diarrhea there for a second. Um, wow. Um, okay, so why NWO is better uh, than DX? One, the name is way better. Uh, two, the logo. Let's just go with that, for example, is way better. Uh, you compare apples to oranges here. Uh, NWO sold way more merchandise than fucking DX did. Uh, number four, uh, Shawn Michaels, Triple H. Who the fuck was Triple H? Triple H was nobody before Shawn Michaels took him around. Yeah, he was a part of the clique, but he was nobody. Uh, he, was nobody. Fucking, he was a fucking European champ for a long time. Oh, great. He was the European champ. Thank you so much. You can't see me right now, but I'm pretending that I'm jerking off right now to the European championship. Okay. Great. Great for him. However, though, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall signed with WCW because they have blatantly said, and even on the network they've said, we signed with WCW because we wanted the money. They were going to pay us. Why wouldn't they? Fuck them. I have a family. I understand you want to work for 180 days instead of 300 days and make way more money. Fuck yeah, go. Right? So they had a gimmick. Right? Everybody knew of Razor Ramon and Diesel. So now, boom, they're in WCW. Forgetting that they were in WCW a few years prior. And then all of a sudden, the third man at Bash of the Beach in 96 was Hulk motherfucking Hogan. Now, I'm going to go on record here. I don't like Hulk Hogan. I don't what? like I don't like him. What? What? Let me fucking finish. Oh, my I God. I don't fucking like him. No, I, no I wonder don't your wife doesn't fuck you. Hulk Hogan's like the... the, the what? What? He is not a great in-ring performer. He really isn't. His finishing move, kind of fucking stupid. But everybody's finishing move back then was fucking stupid. Dusty Rhodes was his elbow. To, he grabbed his dick and then put hit you in the head with an elbow. Doesn't matter. His his his, his finishing move is still the same. Throwing the ropes, kicking the face, leg drop. But but when you say professional wrestling, everybody's gonna know the name Hulk Hogan. You say slasher movie. Everybody's going to know Jason Michael Freddy. You say country music. Maybe. I don't know what you guys feel. This is how I feel. When somebody says country music, I'm going to think of Johnny Cash. You're going to have an icon in every field that you're doing. You say baseball, I think Babe Ruth. Right? He is Babe Ruth of professional wrestling. Right? That's what he is. I personally don't like him as a wrestler. I think it's a great, great fucking hype guy where he's just talking brother and all this shit. So when you get the Babe Ruth, the clean guy, the say your prayers, be nice to your parents, eat your vitamins, the nice guy, the red, the yellow McDonald's color guy, 
the guy in just 1991 in WrestleMania was going against Sergeant Slaughter when they were doing the whole, you know, us versus Afghanistan fucking Iraq gimmick, right? He was an American. That's his fucking theme song. For him... That's our fucking theme song. That's ours. For him, the Babe Ruth, the Johnny Cash, the guy to join these two dipshits and get trash thrown in the ring is just the greatest thing in the history of wrestling. More than what DX has ever did. If you want to say that DX was awesome and showed their dicks by driving, they didn't drive a fucking tank. Everybody thinks they drove a tank. They didn't. They drove a Jeep with a cannon on top of it. I'll to, suck my fucking dick. Arguing semantics. Doesn't matter. That's what they did. They drove a Jeep to WCW. Whoopty fucking do. To a live Nitro event, bro. It was not live at the time. It was going to be live. Anyway. Oh. I mean, okay, it was before the show started, a fucking course. And they even said on the in the DX thing, they even say they didn't know when they walked down to the to the entrance and knocked on the door and slammed on the door if Paul White was gonna come out and fucking rip their arms off like Chewbacca. That's, that's, that's not true. Eric Bischoff said in his podcast that he didn't even know that DX was there because he was too busy getting ready for Nitro. And he was asked. Yeah, he didn't know. He didn't know at the Hold time, on. but that, but they didn't know that they didn't. They didn't know when they knocked on the door if somebody was going to come out and beat the shit out of them. They didn't know if it, they didn't know if anybody knew or not because there was no fucking internet. But, but what I'm saying is that Eric Bischoff said that if he knew that they were there, he wouldn't invite them into Nitro because he said that if he invited them into Nitro, WCW, in his opinion, would have won the Monday Night War because talk about ratings over with done well, fuck yeah but my point is you got two guys kevin hall kevin hall kevin nash and scott hall they come over a month prior they're the outsiders right that's just what they're yeah. called there's no nwo they go to bash of the beach they have a triple uh they have they have a they have a triple tag team thing there's a third man but nobody knows who it is we know the backstory we get into that later when we talk about nwo later episodes but hulk Hogan comes out Everybody thinks Hulk Hogan's there to save the day because that's the kind of guy he is. No, he drops the leg on Randy Savage. He's the third man. Trash is filled into the ring. Yeah. Change wrestling. Huge it wasn't moment. huge. It was the moment. 100% it was the moment. I 100% agree with that. It was the. It is. It is the same thing going with the Babe Ruth analogy. It was the same thing with Babe Ruth called out his shot. I mean, I mean. This is the Michael Jordan of fucking wrestling, and he's now a bad guy. That's why the NWO, the NWO was the greatest faction slash staple group, whatever you want to call it, of all time. Because it became cool to root for the bad guys. And DX would suck dick to do what those three did at Bash the Beach in 96. Would suck dick for it. Vince McMahon would. Vince McMahon would say, put a cock in my mouth if I could do what they fucking did. Because he's never done it. Look, he's never done it. And you're, I mean, you're, I mean, you're 100% right. That moment was the greatest moment in the history of professional wrestling. The reveal of the third man being Hulk Hogan. And we've had arguments about it. We've discussed it. And we're not, this isn't, you're not, this is not at the time or place to argue about it. But 
to the best of my to the best of my recollection, Hulk or the, nobody even knew. Like they they knew it was supposed to be Hogan, but they also had backups in place if Hogan refused. Because they, they had John they Hall had. and Kevin Nash didn't know if Hogan was going to do it until he came out to the ring and actually leg dropped uh, Randy Savage. That's, now, see, now you and I have had this discussion before in the first episode. Hall and Nash knew. That's a fact. Hall and Nash knew it was going to be Hogan. Yeah, everybody knew it was supposed to be Hogan, but no. Hogan hadn't agreed to it yet. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. What happened? Oh. Okay. Eric Bischoff was going to form the NWO. He goes to Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan has to think about it. Eric Bischoff, being a smart guy, says, you know what? I'm going to get other guys. I'm going to get the ace in the hole just in case. He goes to Sting. Sting says he doesn't want to do it, but he will for the business. And he goes for a third guy. The third guy is Bret the Hitman Hart. He goes to Bret Hart. Bret Hart's still WWF, but his contract is up. It made sense. Bret Hart turned down that deal. We already talked about it. We already talked about it. But it was going to be Bret Hart. And if not Bret Hart, the last man was going to be Lex Luger. Those were the men. Lex Luger Luger would have sucked. Oh, it would (laughs) have been. guy. Those yeah. were the men that were that were chosen, right? I forget the name of the guy, but he was an executive of WCW. Hulk Hogan agreed the day before Bash on the Beach that he was going to do it. And an executive made Hulk Hogan sleep at his house, turn off all their phones in the house because there was no cell phones, so nobody can get into his ear and say, Hulk, you shouldn't do this. Hulk Hogan did not arrive to the arena for Bash on the Beach 96, until 30 minutes that he was needed to come out because they didn't want people to get into his ear and say, this is going to kill your career. So that's what it was. Another here than there. Not also is it the greatest faction of all time because of what happened at Bash of the Beach 96, but because it's also the greatest faction of all time because everybody wanted to join it. Now, I will agree with you, Ed, that DX has a, has a leg up on NWO because it was exclusive. Not anybody could be a part of DX. DX is what they were, and I like that. But NWO, everybody wanted to be a part of NWO. And from the business standpoint, if you were a member of NWO, you got noticed. As an example, who the fuck is Beth Bagwell? Who the fuck is Conan? I wouldn't know if they were a part of the NWO. Now I know who they are. I would not be saying those two guys' names right now if I if they were not part of the NWO. Let me to let me give you a reason why I'm saying DX, and I want you to answer honestly. Who is? And I'm going to give you multiple examples. Who's the greatest home run hitter in the history of Major League Baseball? What what is it? Was it Hank Aaron or is it Babe Ruth? No, I mean who has the most home runs? Was it Babe Ruth? Is it Babe Ruth? No, it's it's Barry Bonds. Oh, is it Barry Bonds? I thought that was uh, uh, no. That's fine. Taking care of because of his steroid thing. Well, no, I mean no, but 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 my reason for asking that is Babe Ruth was first. Barry Bonds came along later and did it better. Who's the greatest basketball player of all time? Some say Michael Jordan. The fact is, is it's LeBron James, the guy who came after him and did it better the greatest the greatest quarterback in nfl history some argue originally it was joe montana he had a bunch of rings and that's fact the guy that came after is tom brady and he did it better 
The reason DX is so much better is because it took everything the NWO was doing and everything the four horsemen laid out in front of them and did it better. Was it as was it as disruptive to the wrestling world as NWO initially was? No. And at the time, the NWO was the biggest thing ever. So was very. So was so was was Babe Ruth at one point. So was was Joe Montana at one point. So was Michael Jordan at one point. So was Jack Nicklaus in golf at one point. The reason I'm using all those examples is, is because the guys that come after, and the DX came immediately after because it was designed as the reaction and the retort to NWO. They did everything that the NWO was doing and did it edgier, did it bigger, did it better. And that's why D-Generation X is the greatest faction of all time, and that's why they're better than the the New World Order. NWO, DX, DX, the only reason they had a second generation of DX was because Shawn Michaels came out and had a a casket match with The Undertaker and lost. Excuse me. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and broke his back. That's the only reason they had a second generation. And the second generation, in my opinion, was more brazen in the sense of the things that they would do, be more defensive of each other. They weren't necessarily best friends the way the way Triple H and and, and Shawn Michaels were. And Scott Hall and Kevin Nash came back to WCW after having honed their craft in WWA, or excuse me, WWE, uh, WWE, and that's what professional wrestlers do. They go from one, they go from one place. You know, like for example, uh, Scott Hall was the Diamond Stud, and he had he actually had a great tag team with DD with DDP. They were the Diamond Boys for a while. Then he comes over to WWE. He hones his craft. He's Razor Ramon. He learns how to work a mic. He learns how to have – he has a great ladder match at WrestleMania 10, right, like one of the greatest matches of all time. Then he kind of sort of gets a little stale and moves on and with his best friend and becomes one of the greatest wrestlers of all time back in WCW, right? So, like, that's just kind of sort of they – re, they were WCW retreads who went to the WWE, honed their craft, and then went back and ended up forming the greatest faction in the history of professional, one of the greatest factions in history of professional wrestling and the most disruptive. They did turn the tide for the Monday night wars. They did. That's absolutely the fact. That's absolutely the case. We and they are- were, and the reason, the reason DX and NWO are arguably one and two. And for me, the reason why DX is number one is because NWO muddied their own waters. That's either Eric Bischoff's fault, that's Vince Russo's fault, that's whoever's fault it is. They took the they took the NWO, and they they had like multiple factions because there were thirty fucking members of the New World Order. There you couldn't do that with DX. DX was this group, this core group of guys that later did have the New Age Outlaws who fucking threw guys off of the ramp in dumpsters, which was incredible. And Triple H, who is, like I said, one of the greatest wrestlers, my number two of all time. That's why they're better. That's why DX is so much better. We are going to have to end the show and say we're going to have to agree to disagree. We will never, fans, ever in the history of Ed's and I friendship and the history of Call of the Ring will ever agree with this argument. We will go on for five hours, and we're not going to do that. But... What 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 a hell of a show. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, for listening 
to this uh, episode of Calling the Ring here. We are so excited to bring it to you guys. And uh, we'll be back in a, just a few more weeks for our next pay-per-view show, which uh, we are not going to spoil yet, but we have some good ideas. So we'll talk to everybody then. But make sure to check us out at movieguyspodcast.com, movieguyspodcast.podme.com. You can download us on iTunes, search Movie Guys Podcast, and search for us on Spotify, on iTunes, on iHeartRadio. Uh, just search for Movie Guys Podcast, and also on uh, Twitter, at Movie Guys Pod, and on Facebook, Movie Guys Podcast. Ed, thank you so much for arguing with me. I always love it. And, uh, always we'll a pleasure, to- no matter how fucking wrong you are. <laughs> Fuck you, sucking dick. And uh, we'll be back for another episode of Call in the Ring soon enough here, fans. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.